Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Vintage Church is a movement of truth, love, and community. For more information, visit VintageChurchNola.com. Here is this week's message. How are you all this morning? Great? Good morning. Let's give it up for the worship band this morning for leading us in such a powerful song. We could have just stood there all day. It was so powerful. Uh, my name is John McCann. I serve as one of your pastors here at Vintage. And I'm excited because I get an opportunity to preach to you this morning about uh, emotion that a lot of us deal with called anger. Anger. Uh, we've been going through our emotional series. You can look at the, uh, the will on the screen, just different colors and different emotions that we've been processing and walking through from week to week. Um, and when you think about emotions, um, a lot of the greatest hits, a lot of the great greatest hit songs were written out of emotion, right? Um, how many people like Titanic? Raise your hand. All right. Near, far, where, Jack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, we, we hear that song, you know, the emotion of love or joy or, or happiness. Um, and then we have other songs, you know, Destiny's Child, you know, was talking about, you know, it's just my emotions taking me over. Y'all might know that song. But all these songs, we hear all these songs, but not all these songs are good. You know, we have some songs. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan had a song about smashing people's windows. You know, we know what emotion triggered that song. And then we have uh, uh, Avril Lavigne. She had a song, a big song. Um, Y'all know this song. Why you have to go and make things so? See, y'all know it. I know it. It's just angry. (laughs) Angry. And, um, And we see these songs, and these songs speak to the emotion of anger. And as we think about anger... Um, some of us this morning, uh, we might be in here and we might be angry, to be honest. Um, we might be angry at somebody. We might be angry at a coworker. We might be angry at a spouse. We might be angry at a neighbor. Some of us in this room might even be angry with God about where we're at, about, about what we don't have. Some of us are angry about different circumstances or situations that happened to us when we were younger, and we just don't understand, why did this have to happen to me? Why did this person have to do this to me? And some of us, many of us, are are plagued to just having this anger that we have in our hearts. And it doesn't have to be something big. We get angry from the smallest things. I know about you, but driving around in New Orleans makes people angry. Some people might have been on the way to church this morning, and somebody cut you off. And you had a few words, and they weren't holy, and they didn't need interpretation. Um, but but we, we, we look at this idea of anger, and as we look at this idea of anger, and as we walk through all these emotions, we are looking um, at the Psalms, at the Psalms. And if you have your Bibles today, we're going to be looking at Psalm 137. Psalms 137. Um, and if you don't have your Bible, raise your hand. Our Connect team's coming down. Um, take this home. This is a gift from us to you. Uh, we believe that there's nothing better that you can do than take God's word home, read it, and let it transform your life. So we're looking at Psalms 137, uh, verses 1 through 9. And it says, By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows, there we hung up our lyres. For there our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Then they say, If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. 
Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem, how they said, lay it bare, lay it bare down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed. Then they say, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. And it says, blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for today. Um, We thank you so much for your holy word, God. I pray that as we look at this emotion of anger, God, um, I pray that I would decrease and that your spirit would increase and that your word would speak to us, God, the truth that we need to hear. As many people are carrying anger around, God, I pray that today in this moment, God, that your spirit would dwell among us, God, and that you will allow us to experience the freedom found in you so that we can address and deal with this emotion of anger in a God-glorifying way. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are um, in the middle of the summer, if you can't tell, uh, by the the heat outside. Um, And in the summer, a lot of people like to go on vacations, right? A lot of people like to go on vacations. And I was reading an article about vacations, and I, I discovered that when people say vacation, different people have different things that come to mind, all right? So you need to know this because if you want to go on vacation with me, you need to know what you're getting yourself into. So when you think about vacations in the article, one of the things that they say when people think about vacations, and this is your category, feel free to make some noise, but some people, when they think about a vacation, they think about sightseeing. Who likes to sightsee when they go on vacation? Not that many. A couple people? All right. They, it would make sense that they wouldn't make a lot of noise. They like to sightsee. Um, you know, go to, the, <laughs> go to the museums, you know, go look at those statues, go look at all the old stuff. Um, so you have the sightseers. So the other people, when they think about vacation, the thing that comes to mind is something that has to do with, like, playing or adventurous, like going and getting on roller coasters or going to the theme park or going to the festival. Where are the people? That's their idea of a vacation. Make some noise. All right, a few people. All right, so I guess I'll get on a roller coaster by myself. Um, so you have that, and then you have the third thing that they said when people think about vacation, they think about uh, nature. You know, they think about being outside. They think about, you know, being on a lake or being in the mountains or going hiking or going to the beach. Who, whose idea of vacation is that? Make some noise if that's you. All right, I said, okay, okay. Uh, nice. And then the, 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 last, the last topic that they had for vacation, they were like, the fourth topic, they were like, some people, when they think about vacation, they're not really thinking about sightseeing. They're not really thinking about, you know, going to have fun. They're not thinking about being outside. They're thinking about some rest and relaxation. <laughs> Do nothing at all. No schedule at all. Do nothing. Um, so I see who those people are. We can't travel together. Um, <laughs> now, I like a little bit, a mix of all of them. But one thing that they didn't say in the, in the article is that they didn't talk about the importance. When I think about vacation, I think about eating. Hello? Y'all like food? Yes? Uh, I think about eatcation, you know, going, traveling, eating. When I'm out of town and I'm eating, I don't want to go to Applebee's. You know, you don't go to Applebee's when you're out of town. You find the local spot, you find the hole in the wall, and you go get some good grub, right? So, you know, I think about vacation, I think about eating, and I had some family that was in town this past week. They were on vacation visiting us. So I told myself, like, you know, if I was traveling, I would want some good food, so I have to get them some good food. So I was thinking about which restaurant I was going to bring them to. You know, they have a lot of good restaurants, but a really good restaurant is Copeland's. You know, you always say Copeland's has some good food. So I was thinking, uh, you know, we're going to bring them to Copeland's. But then I had a memory about an experience 
that I had at Copeland's that, 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 that made me pretty angry. You know, so to make a long story short, uh, when I was in college, I was at Copeland's, and I had a party, about 15 or 16 of us, and we were waiting for a long time to get, to get our table. It was like an hour. So like first, you know, they say like 10 minutes, then it's like 20 minutes, then it's like 30 minutes. So we're waiting, so we're already a little upset at the situation. Um, and then I'm just seeing, I'm like, nobody's really coming in. So I go look around the corner, and I see four empty tables next to each other with nobody sitting in them. So I go to the lady, I'm like, the hostess, I'm like, hey, you know, can you sit us? You know, these are some empty seats. And she's like, no, um, those are only for parties of four people apiece. And, you know, you have a large party, so we have to wait till the large table comes open. And I'm like, well, I understand that, but we've been waiting a long time, and nobody else is here, and these four tables are open. And they said, well, you know, it's a, against our policy, you know, da, 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 da. So I said, okay, I did the famous lines. Can I speak to your manager? Where are all my speak to your manager people in the building? No shame in your game. All right. <laughs> I said, I speak to the manager. So they go get the manager. Manager comes out. I'm like, yeah, you know, um, we have a party. You know, we don't mind. You know, hey, this is one group of four. This is a second group of four. These are empty tables. Can we sit down? Oh, no, it's, it's against our policy. We can't do that. So, you know, at this point, I start getting really angry. Um, so, you know, I get, I get really angry, and, and I start yelling. I'm like, I can't believe this establishment. I've spent all this money here. I'm bringing these people here. I'm just so upset. And I'm like, come on, guys, let's get out of here. You know, and then as I'm walking out, um, I see a cheesecake sitting at the corner of somebody's table. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, something told me to pick the cheesecake up <laughs> and throw it at the lady. <laughs> So I'm mad. I'm like, let's get out of here. I'm looking at the cheesecake, and then the, by the grace of God, I let the cheesecake sit there, and I just kept on walking out. And I sent the email to the regional manager, and I was like, no, 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 you know, I got so upset. And then he contacted me and apologized. I got a $100 gift card and the whole nine yards. So if you need me to write your email, let me know. I will write an email for you. But I explain that because I dealt with anger, and there's so many different situations. We don't always know when we're going to run into a situation that makes us angry. When we wake up in the morning, we don't know what's going to happen that day that's going to make us angry with someone else, might make us angry with ourselves, might make us angry with God. We don't know what those things are, but it's going to come up, and as it comes up, we have to know how we're going to address it. So I want us to look at this definition of anger. And the definition we're working with this morning is a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. A strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Um, and in the New Testament, you see the word thumos, you see the, the word arge, that, that just speaks to just this passion, this outburst, all these different things that we use when we are angry. So some of you might be sitting here, you're like, John, I get that, but, you know, I'm not really a, an angry person. You know, I'm happy. I like to be optimistic. If you felt any of the following feelings, you've been angry before. If you felt lit down, you felt humiliated, bitter, mad, aggressive, frustrated, distant, critical. If you've ever felt betrayed, if anybody's ever betrayed you before, if you ever felt violated in some way you've ever felt jealous of what someone else has, about where they are in their career, about how happy their marriage looks, about how well-behaved their kids look, if you've ever felt jealous, if you've ever felt annoyed, if you ever felt any of these things before, you have been angry. You've experienced anger. And as we think about anger, we need to address it. And I, the main point that I want us to focus in on this morning is that with the Spirit of God, 
With the Spirit of God, we can manage our anger. With the Spirit of God, it's going to be hard. You can't really do it all by yourself, but with the Spirit of God, the big idea this morning is with the Spirit of God, we can manage our anger. And so we're going to be looking and answering this question on how do we manage anger? How do we manage anger? If you look at the word anger and you put a D in front of it, what word do you get? Danger. Because anger is one of those things that if you don't address it, if you don't deal with it, if you don't face it, if you don't look at it and, and, and really look at it eye to eye and, and try to process it, it becomes dangerous. It becomes dangerous to have anger in your heart. It becomes dangerous when you're trying to interact with others, when you have this emotion of anger. And the thing about anger is anger doesn't have a face. Anger doesn't have a face. A lot of times we think if somebody's yelling and they're screaming and they're like making a big scene and they're doing all this stuff, they're angry. But sometimes when we're angry, you can't tell. Sometimes we're smiling. Sometimes we, we still have to go through life. You have so many people, even when they don't look like it, they're experiencing anger. I know I don't look at, like it right now, but I'm very angry right now because I don't have a ticket to see Janet Jackson tonight. She's coming to New Orleans. <laughs> Any Janet Jackson fans? Okay, not many. She's the sister of the king of pop! And I didn't get a chance to see Michael, so she's going to be the next best thing. So anyway, I'm, your anger doesn't have a face. And no matter what type of anger that you're dealing with, all the anger that we're going to be looking at with God's grace and his, his empowerment, we will be able to manage anger. So let's look at it, this, 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 this topic. So the first thing that we must do on how to manage anger is we must identify the cause of anger. You must identify the cause of anger. What makes you angry? And identify the cause. And as we look at that, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 3, one way for them, and what, maybe one thing for you, you might have had a traumatic or enraging event. So we're going to look at the children of Israel. Let's get verse 1. It says, by the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. So what's going on in this text? So the children of Israel, they were in the promised land. They were home. They were in the presence of God. They were with the promises of God. And then Babylon comes, and they come, and they conquer them, and they take them, and they drive them out, and they're in captivity. They're in captivity. And it, and, it, and it says that they, they built their homes. They didn't build their homes in the cities. They built their homes in the river, which, next to the river, which was a constant reminder to them that they weren't home. Because Babylon had these huge, massive rivers. Jerusalem didn't have rivers like that. So every time they woke up, they heard the water. They saw the water. And it was a constant reminder to them that they weren't home. That they were away from the promises of God. So as we look at this, it says that they wept as they remembered Zion. They, these, weren't, these weren't just tears that all of a sudden, these were intentional tears. These were tears of consideration. They were remembering an event of being driven out, and this was painful to them. And for some of us, some of us, we're angry today. We're angry about events that happened this past week. Some of us are angry about events that happened this past year. Some of us are angry about events that happened in our childhood. And we're holding on to this anger, and it's intoxicating, and it's poisonous to us, and we have to deal with it. So we see the children of Israel, they're angry, and they wept. They wept for the, for the death of their loved ones. 
They, they, they wept because Jerusalem was destroyed. They wept because they were away from the promises of God. They wept because of the treatment they were experiencing. They wept because of their sin. Because it was their sin and their disobedience from God that caused Babylon to come in and to take them captured. So they wept about these things, and, they, and they're remembering Zion. Zion was the holy hill. It was where the temple was. And they're remembering these things, and they're remembering how satisfied they were in the presence of God and how now they weren't experiencing that satisfaction. And for some of us, we have those events that's happened to us. Think about it. What, what are some things that we might be carrying from some events, for some circumstances, for some things that might have happened in our past, and now we still have that anger? So, so as in, in identifying the cause of anger, that's not the only reason why they're angry in this text. We can look at the next verse. They, had a, they also were angry because they had a broken heart. Verse 2 says, on the willows, there we hung up our lairs. So in, in, in Babylon, there was a lot of willow trees. There was a lot of willow trees. They were all over the place. And they're talking about their lyres, which was also their harps. And when they were in the Jerusalem, they would play these lyres, they would play these harps, and these things would be used to alleviate grief. You know, these things would be used to be played in the, in the temple, in, in the Holy of Holies. These things would be used there. But here we see that their hearts are so broken that they have them hanging up on the willow trees that were hanging around the river. And for some of us, we're experiencing anger, and for some of us, our cause of our anger is that someone or something has broken our heart. And the spirit of joy, the spirit of excitement, the spirit of just anticipating all these great things about life has been sucked out of us because we've had a broken heart. So as we think about this, and as I said, they had a broken heart, not just because uh, of where they were, but they had a broken heart because they were away from the promise of God. Jerusalem, that was the promised land. So they were literally away from the promised land, and they also were away from the presence of God because in the Old Testament, the presence of God was in the temple. So they were away from all of this stuff, and they had a broken heart. Some of us are carrying broken hearts, and we have anger that's built up. What's another reason that we see that, that, that their anger and identifying the cause of anger? Mockery. Look at verse 3. It says, for there our captors required of us songs, and our tormentors mercy, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. So these people took everything away from the children of Israel, took their home away, took their life away, took their freedom away, took them away from the presence of God, took them away from the, the purposes of God. And in the midst of that tells them that they want them to sing the songs that were meant to be sung in the temple, but they were in a foreign land. They were mocking them. They were asking them to do something. They were asking them to perform, but the children of Israel, they didn't sing these songs out of performance. They sung these songs out of relationship. And they were away from the relationship. They were away from the presence of God, and they're asked to sing these songs. They're, they're being mocked. And as we look at this, it's important for us to look at our lives and to see what's making us angry. What's the cause? You have to get down to the root. You have to get down to the root, the thing that's causing the anger to come out. Because as you get down to the root, then you could get to the solution. And you can't fix the cause. You can't fix, you can't fix the effect without fixing the cause, cause and effect. So as we think about that and as we think about getting down to the roots, one thing that I'm still trying to get down to the root of in my personal life is how did these telemarketers get my cell phone number? <laughs> Can I get an amen? Uh, every day... 
seems like I get a phone call. Hello, Mr. McCann, this is so-and-so from agencies, da 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 You know, but I've, I've, I've discovered how they, how they operate. So I'm going to give you a couple tips on how to hang out, how to deal with your telemarketers. One is when you say hello, most of the time it is a pause. That's a sign number one. Um, there's a pause. You say hello. You don't hear that. Then you say hello again. Oh, hey, da 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 So I've, I've learned that when that happens, I just hang up on them. Um, now, I, knew, I know some people, they might talk to them. I had a roommate one time. He got a telemarketer phone call. They said, sir, you qualify for a free cruise. And he was like, John, I'm getting a free cruise. And he sat down, he pulled out his, his chair, and he got his paper, and he was writing. And, and about 45 minutes later, after he had given them all the information, he's like, so, yeah, yeah, when am I going to get the cruise? They're like, oh, we're going to be reaching out to you. He never got the cruise. Um, but... In that, I've, I've always made it, you know, I kind of pride myself on not giving in to, to the tricks and all of those things. However, I got fooled a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, because this wasn't a telemarketer, I got a phone call, and they, it was an automated message, and it said, um, Hello, John, uh, this is the IRS. Uh, we are calling because there are some allegations out against your name. Um, please give us a call back at this number as soon as possible. And when I tell you it sounded legit, it sounded legit. So I'm in there sitting there working. I'm like, oh, no, I got to get, I got to call the RS. I'm nervous because I had a lady from the West Bank that did my taxes. And I'm like, I should have never let her do my taxes. I told her to get me some money back, but now I'm in trouble. And I was nervous. So that's probably reason number one why I called the number back. So I called the number back. Nothing against the West Bank. It's the best bank, right? Yeah. Um, not as good as Kenner, but it's okay. Um, but anyway, I love people from the West Bank. I love everybody. But um, so, so I called the number back, and when I called the number back, um, they're like, Mr. McCann, I'm like, yes. They said, you know, we have some allegations. Um, it looks like the, the, the filing that, they, that was done in year 2012 was, was inaccurate, and it looks like you owe us some money, and we need to handle this now before the, the legal actions are taken against your name. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, nervous. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. So I asked the question. I said, so, I said, so uh, what, what year? What, what year? What year did I mess up? And they said, um, it looks like uh, year 2012. So then I'm thinking, well, I, was, I didn't have a job in 2012. <laughs> so that was flag number one. I was like, okay. You know, that was so long ago, so I was like, okay, well, let me just see. I, might, I had a little side jobs here and there, so maybe I might owe a couple hundred dollars. So I asked them, I'm like, so, okay, well, how much money um, do I owe? They're like, 5600 and something dollars. So I was like, oh. So this was flag number two. So at this point, I'm getting a little suspicious. I'm like, um, okay, well, they're like, so what do you want to do about it? And I said, well, I need some type of documentation. I need an email. I need something. I'm not just going to just give you money. Or they were like, well, we've mailed you several documentations. You haven't received them? I'm like, no. They're like, so this is your first time hearing about this? I said, yes. They said, oh, I'm so sorry. We've been mailing you stuff. And as a matter of fact, if no actions are taken today, we are going to be sending the authorities to your house <laughs> to arrest you. And you won't be able to get out for at least six months because this is a federal charge. Da, 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 da. So I'm like, hold up. I'm like, you got to give me something. They're like, We're, we've already sent it, sir. So you're telling me you're not going to do anything about it? I said, I want to do something about it. They're like, well, what are your intentions? I'm like, my intentions are to fix it, but I need some paper. I need some type of documentation. So we go back and forth, and they're like, sir, if, if you don't take care of this right now, you're going to be having some officers show up at your door within the next 30 minutes. So at this point, I'm like, okay, this has to be a scam. I'm like, goodbye. I hung up. And I was watching the clock. And I was looking at my door. And 30 minutes later, nobody showed up. 
It was a scam. And I was talking to my mom, my mom, my grandmother right here this morning, and I was talking to my mom about it, and I was like, it's so sad because what if they would have gotten an older person? What if they would have gotten somebody who wasn't able to process it well enough? And our next point is we think about uh, how do we manage our anger is we have to process anger. We have to process it. Thankfully, I was able to process what was going on with that call quick enough to be able to identify that there was a problem. But for many of us, we don't take time to process the anger in our life, so we're not able to identify the problem and get it fixed. We have to process anger. So as we process anger, let's look at verses 4 through 6. How do they process anger? How do the children of Israel process anger? It says, verse 4, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest door. So they're processing this. And what they're saying is that if they forget Jerusalem, they said, they said that my right hand forget its skill. Their right hand was the hand that was used to play the instrument. They're saying, if I forget about you, Jerusalem, I don't even want to play the instrument. They're talking about the tongue getting stuck to the mouth. They're saying, if I forget about you, Jerusalem, I don't even want to sing. They are processing their anger. And it's important for us to process our anger as well. We have different things that come up, and if we don't want to process it, how are we going to be able to fix it? So we have these different things that come up, and it's important for us to process. And a problem and something that I had to process in my personal life was student loans. I still owe money for student loans. And it's sad. And when I got out of college, I went into forbearance. You know, I was trying to delay the payments. And after about a year passed, I knew it was about a year had passed, um, I started getting envelopes in the mail. And I told myself, I said, I know what that envelope says. So I would put the envelope in my dresser and I wouldn't open it up. <laughs> then next month, I'll get another envelope. <laughs> and I was like, I know what that envelope says. I'll put it on my dresser. <laughs> but eventually, I had to open those envelopes. And which is our first point as we process anger, we have to face it. You have to face your anger. You can't fix something that you don't face. Some of us are carrying around anger about certain situations, anger about where we are, anger about God, anger about things that we've lost, anger about how people have mistreated us, but we're not facing it, and if you want to process it, you must face it. Because if you don't face it, you cannot fix it. The anger, your anger has to be addressed, and as you think about this, I had to face, I had to face, I had to face those student loans. We have to face the anger that we might be having in our heart at this moment. And the next thing that you have to do after you face it as you process anger is you have to act on it. Once I processed and once I faced those student loans, I had to act on it. I had to start paying them down. I still owe enough to buy a house. That's what Loyola got me. I love Loyola, by the way. I know we have some Loyola people in the building. Um, but I didn't love what they did to my money. Um, but I had to act on it. And as it relates to acting on our anger, our anger, there are three ways people often respond to anger. Some people, they don't act on it, they ignore it. Some of us, we have anger in our hearts, and we're ignoring that anger. They ignore it. Other people, when it comes to anger, they overreact. They overreact. I got to get revenge. I got to do this. But the word of God tells us that vengeance is the Lord's, not ours. But we don't, we don't need to underreact. We don't need to ignore it. We don't need to overreact, but we need to face it. We need to deal with it. We need to act. We need to put things in place to resolve the conflict. And then, and then the last thing we need to do as we process it is we need to share it. We need to share it. The thing about this psalm 
It's a communal lament, which means that it's not saying, it's not just one person, it's saying we. They were processing and they were singing this psalm together. They were talking about the pain and the anger that they were dealing with together. You have to share it. You were never meant to carry the anger. You were never meant to carry these things that life throws our way by ourselves. That's what community is for. That's what brothers and sisters in Christ are for. That's what your life group is for. And here at Vintage Church, we have B groups. They meet through regularly throughout the city for transformation, connection, and multiplication. And if you're not in a B group, you need to get in a B group. And I'm not telling you this because, oh, this is vintage. They want to control me. No, I want to help you. And this weight that we carry from anger, this weight that we carry from sin, this weight that we carry from depravity, we're not meant to carry it alone. And when we carry it alone, we end up falling and we end up staying on the ground. When God has intended brothers and sisters to come around us and help us carry it, you need to share it. Some of you have some anger in your heart right now that you haven't opened up, you haven't expressed it at all. This week, you need to share it. You need to go out there in the lobby, you need to get information about a V group, you need to surround yourself by other believers, and you need to share it. You need to talk to a counselor, potentially. You know, we're going to be having a counseling uh, a series, the counseling night in a couple weeks. Make sure you come out and get information on that from professionals. But you need to share it. You can't hold it all to yourself. A couple weeks ago, we had a big uh, staff event, and I was helping Pastor Brick get this, all this stuff outside. It was this huge cooler. You know, so I work out, so I'm like, oh, I got this, Pastor Brick. Then I go, and I try to pick it up, and I go a couple feet, and then I have to put it back down. It was heavy. I said, Pastor Brick, I need you to help me. And Pastor Brick was like, oh, all right, I got this, I got this. He tried to carry it by himself. He couldn't do it either. Um, but no, we worked together. We carried it together. And we were able to get it to where it needs to go. And as we process our anger, we have to share it so that we can, we can move through it to get to where we need to go. And then the last thing on how do we manage anger is we have to express the anger. You identify the anger. You process the anger, but then you have to express the anger. Let's look at verses 7 through 9. How did the children of Israel express their anger? It says, verse 7, Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites the day of Jerusalem, how they said, Lay it bare, lay it bare, down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed. Blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. So I'm not, so you're probably like, what in the world is going on? So this pastor is telling me to express my anger by bashing babies' heads against the rock. No, I'm not saying that. So in, in, in this verse, as we look at it, is they're saying, uh, uh, oh, Lord, remember against the Edomites. The Edomites, they were uh, from Edom, which was southeast of Israel. They were the neighbor of Jerusalem. And, and, the, and, the, and the Edomites were descendants of Esau, Jacob's uh, brother. And they were, when the time came and they were getting driven into captivity, instead of the Edomites, the sister nation coming and helping them, they just let them get dragged off. So right here they're expressing their anger. They're like, Lord, remember what they did to us. And they're saying that and then they're saying, oh, daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed. So they're speaking to like destruction is coming. They're saying destruction is coming. And then they finish by saying, blessed is the one who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. And just like a little information on what was, was meant there was, blessed is the one who cuts off your descendants, 
who ends your bloodline, who, who puts an end to your people. That's what, that's what it meant. And as we think about these things, it, you're like, man, this, that sounds like, I don't know, how can I express this anger? We have to look at this idea that when it comes to anger, there's righteous anger and there's unrighteous anger. And in this text, they are expressing righteous anger. So you're like, well, how do you tell the difference? I want you to look real quickly at Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, or you can write it down. It's going to be on the screen. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 26 and 27. And we're going to look at verse 31 through 32. Um, and it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Then you go down to verse 31. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So you look in verse 26, Paul is saying to be angry. Then you go down to verse 31 and he's saying to, to not be angry. How can you be angry? How can you not be angry at the same time unless if there's two types of angers he's talking about, which he is. When he's talking about being angry, he's talking about a righteous anger. When he talks about putting it off, he's talking about an unrighteous anger. So and as we look to express our anger, the first thing we must have to do is discover righteous anger. Discover righteous anger. And the righteous anger is godly reaction to sin or injustice. So all throughout the Bible, we see righteous anger. In Exodus 4 and 14, we see God, he's angry with Moses because Moses doesn't want to go and get the people out of, of Egypt. We see in John chapter 2 that Jesus... Our Lord and our Savior is angry, and he goes into the temple, and he flips over the table. That is righteous anger. That's an example of righteous anger. In Exodus 32, we see that Moses gets angry at the children of Israel for building these false idols. In Galatians 2, we see that Paul gets angry at the people for preaching uh, a heresy and all these other different things. We see all of this righteous anger about the injustices in the world, about sin. So is your anger that you're experiencing, is it, is, it, is it righteous anger? Or is it unrighteous anger, which is the next point discover unrighteous anger, which is self-centered anger. Self-centered anger. anger. Angry about think, something that happened to you, someone who offended you, someone who did you wrong, someone who, who made you feel uh, worthless, someone who overlooked you, someone who belittled you, that is unrighteous anger. Now, all of these angers in and within themselves is not the sin. Whether it's unrighteous anger or, or, or righteous anger, it's not a sin to have that anger. But what happens is from that is when we sin. And all anger can become sinful when it's not handled the right way. So the last thing that we must do as we uh, express anger is we must discover how to manage both in Christ. How do we manage both in Christ? And it's by the power of God's spirit in your life. So right here. There's a movie called Avengers. How many people saw Avengers? Yeah? You like it? So, in Avengers, there's a character called the Hulk. Anybody like the Hulk? And when the Hulk gets angry, everybody in the way is going to get hammered. Everybody's going to get destroyed. You don't want to be in the path of the Hulk. And what happens a lot of times in life is that we um, have life, this, is, this represents life right here, and what happens is a lot of times when something doesn't go the way that we want it and we're angry, 
instead of us being able to look at the situation and to deal with the situation, in our anger, we're trying to deal with it, but eventually we go, and it falls. It falls. But that is not how God intended for us to express anger. And I'm going to lead you off this last verse. If you look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 23 to 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. What do you all see there? Self-control. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So a lot of us were like, man, I just can't help it when I get angry. I just get so mad. I get angry about this. I have anger management problems. I can't help it. But you were never able, you were never attended, you were never created to be able to handle that anger on your own. It's by the Spirit of God that we can have self-control. It's by His power that we can have self-control. So as we look at this, as we look at anger, this is something that we all deal with from time to time. But as we're identifying the cause, as we're processing it, as we're expressing this anger that we might have in our life, as we put on the fruits of the Spirit, then the Hulk inside of all us, the Hulk that just wants to get mad and swing, the Hulk, the energy of that, of, that, of that anger that causes more destruction because what happens is when we don't express anger in a correct way, we cause more damage than it was already there. But when we allow the Spirit of God to hit us, and we put down our hawk hands. Then when life comes our way and knocks us over, by the Spirit of God, we're able to pick it up, address it, and deal with it so that God can get the glory. So as we think about our lives, as we think about how we are managing anger, as we think about how people might have caused us anger in our hearts, situations might have caused us anger, losing someone might have caused us anger, being isolated might have caused us to become angry. We can look at this truth, the anger, the emotion, the energy of anger is meant to move you to reconciliation, not to make things worse. And then we can take what we've received from God, we can take his love, we can take his forgiveness, and we, within the anger that we have, we can let these fruits of the Spirit be manifested. So how are you going to respond to the anger in your life? How are you going to respond to the anger in your heart? Are you going to let it be used to bring God glory? Or are you going to let it be used to drive you to sin and to drive you to more brokenness? which is not the intention of God. So I don't know where you are right now in your life. I don't know what anger you might be dealing with right now, what anger you might have from the past, what anger you might run into this week, but I can tell you this for sure, that with the Spirit of God, we can manage that anger. With the Spirit of God, we can forgive that person that we thought we couldn't forgive. With the Spirit of God, we can be kind to the person that caused us to be angry. With the Spirit of God, we can go to the person that's, that's misused us or that's abused us or the person that's neglected us or the person that has said something to us that hurt our feelings. We can go to them and we could give them the same thing that we've been given from God, which is the grace, the love, and the peace that's found only in the power of the gospel. So that's my prayer, Vintage Church. As we deal and as we look at anger, we look at this passage, as we look at the power of the gospel, get help by going to Jesus. You can't do it on your own. Get help 
by talking to another believer. Get help by getting in community. Get help by going to go talk to a counselor. Get help by expressing it. Get help by facing it. But whatever you do, don't let it sit there. And make it up in your mind that that anger is not going to be something that drives you to more destruction and more brokenness in your life and in the lives of those around you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today. Uh, We thank you so much, God, as we look at this emotion of anger. It's a real emotion, God. Many of us deal with it. Even if we don't even realize it, God, even as we we feel lit down, even as we feel jealousy, even as we feel uh, uh, all the intimidation, all these things, dear Lord God, that, that come from anger, God, we pray and we know that no emotion is too hard for you to deal with, God. So we recognize that within ourselves, God, we can't handle the emotion of anger on our own. We can't deal with it on our own, but we look at the fact that with the fruits of the Spirit, God, we can have self-control. We can't, but you can, and because you can, now we can. So I ask, God, that as we, as we get ready to respond, God, that you will speak to everybody in this room, that your Spirit will empower us, that we will go this weekend, we will look at the things, we will look at those places, we will look at the anger, the unresolved anger in our heart, the unresolved anger in our life, the unforgiveness, the bitterness, all these things, dear Lord God, we will look at them and we won't let it linger, God. We won't let the sun go down like your verse says, God, but we will address it. And in addressing it, God, we believe that we'll be able to deal with the anger in a way that brings you glory. We'll be able to deal with the anger in a way that, that, that makes you smile, that makes you happy, God. And I pray that even as we look at anger in our own lives, God, I know for myself, many times I'm angry, but it is an unrighteous anger, God. I pray that you would give us a heart and desire for a righteous anger, God. Don't let us be okay with just letting sin live and linger, dear Lord God, and letting injustices live and linger, God. I just pray, dear Lord God, that you would break our hearts for the things that break your hearts allow us to be angry for the things that make you angry. That we will be angry for things that are eternal. And even in all that anger, God, we will deal with it in a way that you have called us to deal with it. We won't let it eat and consume us, God, but we'll let your power and your spirit inside of us process it our prayer.